Finding a job or changing careers is challenging, daunting, and frustrating. Skills are not reflected in grades, an employment gap, incomplete college degree, or interview articulation prevents us from advancing into our next career that we're so proud of, even though we have a neurodiverse brain. So how do you find that right career with the right organization that really taps into who you really are and works with your strengths? Where that's where Amforce.com comes in. And it is my pleasure to be having a conversation with the founder of Amforce.com, this neurodiversity career platform and how it became about to be what it is today. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. I am delighted again to bring you another guest. I am honored to introduce you to Alex Corner. He is the founder of Amforce.com. And Amforce.com is the world's first platform, get this, connecting dyslexic, ADHD, autistic talented, gifted candidates with an inclusive, with inclusive companies that measure skills, experience, not about education. It's, it's, and you know, it's not about that, the right interview skills. This is all about unlocking hidden talents that these folks have. And Alex has founded this platform for, for, for them. So without further ado, welcome Alex. Oh, Kathy, thank you very much. It's uh, very nice and I'm um, very happy to be uh, on, your, uh, on your podcast. Awesome. So let's get to it, Alex. I like to, w- when I heard your story personally, I was blown away. I was doing a happy dance as I was talking to you on the phone. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is just, just like poster child of all of this stuff that I keep hearing. So I want you to share your story with us. Tell us a little bit about um, your professional side first. Who's Alex? What did he do in his career? Okay. Um, so, and thank you for those kind words. And I, I can tell you there's many reasons why Amphorus was created. And, and one of them happens to be a little bit of what you hit on there, which is you can have a very, very successful career um, knowing and not knowing. And we can, we can get into that about um, whether you have uh, autism, dyslexia, or ADHD, um, but when you do know, so many things come into place. And I was, uh, I was both lucky um, and, as we all say, you know, you make your own luck, but I also had a network of people. Um, and I guess that from an early age, and um, I, was, I, was, I never completed college, and it's still one of the things that, that bother me so much today. I didn't know why. At that stage, all I knew that it just, I had other things to do instead. I went to go and um, set up a little business and then go traveling. And then it goes back even further as, as, as which we can get into later as the, as you peel back some of the things of like, well, why was school good in certain areas and, and not great in other areas? But I was lucky because I had this network um, from from my from originally from my brother who worked in the city uh, in London 
And I just used to go and hang out with these guys. And in in that stage, my first career was really being a real estate agent, which was phenomenal. I loved it. It was in my hometown, my home area. I knew everybody. Um, And um, my father was a lawyer. So, you know, he was doing all the conveyancing. So I had a natural, again, it's about natural network there. And I used to go up to London to hang out with my brother and his friends. And of course, like, you know, going into the city, it's all fun. And, and you, you have a, a serious side, but you have a, a play side. And I got to know some really good people. And for a couple of years, they were like, hey, you know, you should really think about coming to, to London and, and maybe working for us. And um, it was in on the trading floor. So you can put these things together. Um, and let's just say, I think it was in 1996, around then, I joined uh, Cannabis Trail in London, and <clears throat> it was on the trading floor. So my career began um, the uh, sort of so-called Wall Street career, um, it's actually in 96, where it was an environment of high intensity, extreme volatility, and you're screaming and shouting one minute, and you're sitting down. Uh, talking about the the latest soccer game on the next. And then you're suddenly having multiple conversations on a trading floor and having to do a lot of things. At that stage, you can, knowing, you know, with your skill set, the classic place for ADHD. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Like, bring it. (laughs) Yeah, it's the classic place. So I really hadn't put the two and two together at that stage. My career then went from, uh, again, it's like looking back on hindsight, which is part of adult diagnosis, um, I thrived in that environment and I spent three years in London. My boss said go to Hong Kong. So I went to Hong Kong and I was actually being driven around by, by a, a London taxi looking for property, uh, looking for a rental place. And, uh, you know, my boss calls me up and says, you know what, we're off Hong Kong. How about New York? Which one do you want to do? So I'm like, I think New York's better. So I packed up my stuff, moved to New York. Um, and I've been here ever since I've worked for two very large firms um, for the most part of it. Um, and then those two, those two firms, uh, ended up merging. Um, but my roles there were, uh, the same environment. Like I discussed, you're in a, in a highly, highly volatile, uh, busy, uh, environment, uh, of which I thrived. Um, I also had an entrepreneurial flair of, I really understood different products that were coming onto the market. Um, and rather than stay in one thing, which is, it's a very typical thing to do in financial services, you stay in one area. Uh, not that I realized then, but I was always like, I, I want to bring in ETFs. I want to bring in bonds. I want to bring in futures. I want to make this work. Yes. Which is part of the journey of actually for the first time, I really had to take, you know, uh, up to six exams. And it was around that time when I took the first exam and I, I ran out of time. Mm. And I looked at him like, it's a, it's a seven hour exam. And it's split into three, uh, into two parts. Um, I ran out of time. I thought, this is, this is absurd. How did I do that? Um, and it was again, a little bit about the time management. Yes. And so I continued this career. I made a career change around the same time as I had the adult diagnosis, which we can come on to. Um, but I'll just finish the career journey. I wanted a career change. I loved what I did, but I wanted more. Okay, typical. Um, and I wanted to be a technologist. I wanted to understand, uh, I wanted to really further my career and understand what drives financial markets from a technology point of view because I was having problems with technology where I am. 
So with the network, and this is a slight part of where Amphorus really kicked up a notch. I, I um, applied for a couple of different jobs. And a lot of those jobs were, what degree did you have? You know, what field, how many years? I couldn't tick that box. It was, it was you know, it's embarrassing. Um, and I thought I had the work experience. Um, I ran multiple global groups. Um, I had a very successful Wall Street career. Um, and I couldn't get a job in a bank because I didn't have the degree. So that's where I started thinking, well, okay, I'll be okay. Um, and I managed to use my network. I got a job. I moved from, from where I was and, and into the technology role. And that's where I started to think, well, you know, I'm okay. I did okay um, because I had a network and because I was in the right place at the right time or I, or I whatever, you know, I, had, I got in early before anybody else, whatever it was that made you successful. Yeah. And I worried that, well, what does, how does people that are not so fortunate with a network like I have or had the longevity of a career that be able to say, well, I want a career change now and I want to be able to maybe become a technologist. Um, how do people do that? And the fact is that, that a lot of people don't and they can't and they're mm. worried about speaking up um, and wanting to do that even internally. Maybe they're bored with their job. Maybe they, they realize something's going on, but they haven't had any diagnosis yet. So they're a little bit cautious about saying anything. Yes. Um, so that's my, um, that's my background and that's where I created the platform of Amphora saying, well, and I'm very, as, as, as we've discussed and, and we can talk about, you know, it, my, mm-hmm. uh, I have it, my son who's uh, dyslexic and ADHD. And that's where I really started to think about, there needs to be a platform to help people. You know, you can't just judge on the exam results um, where there's so much creativity demonstrated like a lot of people whether it's with autism or adhd you don't have a good interview process and you're not going to get in that initial step and even if you do well i shouldn't say you say you do get on into that step it's very hard sometimes to have that face-to-face interview and be able to articulate what you really want to Um, so i wanted to build the platform um which is what i have done bravo bless your heart thank you Everybody thanks you for this. So t- tell me the journey of your, your son got diagnosed and then you got diagnosed. Yeah. Um, what were some of the thoughts and emotions that went along with that, that, oh, this is it about yourself? Oh, I mean, I think I have the classic story of the, 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 the similar story to everybody else, kind of the classic um, unveiling, so to speak. And mine was, um, um, you know, I, I kind of figured, figured I had dyslexia, but with dyslexia, I always felt, well, um, yeah, you could, to, to memory game. Um, we have spell check, we have a memory game. Like I can, I can memorize how to spell a word. Um, and then even to this day, and I, if you take uh, spell check away from me, I can still see the, the weaknesses um, but those things were overcome oh, yes. kind of quite quickly. You know, other things come with that, of course. I'm not trying to say it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's a complicated matter. Um, I find the ADHD thing really, that can be, that can be the really difficult one um, for, just from a, a personal point of view. Um, but for me, the diagnosis was when my son was clearly having um, 
some difficulties and my wife who was a teacher for 10 years has an extremely uh, uh, understanding way of 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 people um and when we were having my son tested um you know the doctor goes through the general questions you know is is there any um is there any history of dyslexia and adhd in the family and and like so many people i look and say yeah not 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 mine and you know she just looks at me almost horrified thinking um well i mean alex i think you must realize though i mean you've got a bit of a bit of the adhd right and i and of course like you know that's where a lot of people die get a little bit of diagnosis there because they think oh so the couple of minutes then processing and analyzing if you can imagine the amount Mm -hmm. of uh, floodgates of data that I was processing at that moment of why things make sense and why things happen the way they happened. Um, so I did, I didn't want to derail that conversation with what we were talking about with my son, but I said, well, can I get some testing for this? Mm-hmm. Said, of course you can, which I then followed up once we sort of, you know, the, concentrated on my son. I then did the, the, the testing. She said, oh, yeah, it was a very apparent thing. And that to me was great because then I could start to learn how to manage Yes, and, and not manage yourself and help your son set him up for success at such a young age. Like, kudos to you for that. And I, I love that because, you know, a lot of late-in-life diagnosis, um, some of the folks I talk to is I, I got the diagnosis because of my son or I got the diagnosis or the daughter or I got the diagnosis because I hit a tipping point. It is genetics. I mean, there's science and research that says that. And would all of your kids have it? No, not necessarily. Even they've done extensive research on twins. One twin could have it. The other one may not. And it's just that. So, but the bigger thing is now, you know, what do you do with it? So I love the, I call people like you change makers because you're sitting and looking at, okay, so this is how it is. And what can I do to not only help myself, but help everybody else around me and empower them because those were the things that we could have used when we were younger. So when you sat down and thought about developing and creating um, this uh, portal, a career portal, and, and for those, it's almost like a, it's workopolis.com, or I don't even want to compare because it's not even the same, but it's career portal, but so specific with, with, with this gifted community that, that Alex is helping. What were the thoughts that went in your mind? Because you could have developed so many different things. Why this portal? And I'll tell you a, another part of the good and bad of ADHD is that I have a ton of ideas. Mm-hmm. Ton of ideas. Yeah. The bad thing about ADHD is starting those things, which we all know, like getting to start the jobs, the procrastination um, of actually getting around to it. I'm the world's best researcher. Uh, yes. Tons of data. Actually getting to the point where you're starting to do this is, is the, it's tricky for everybody with ADHD. Um, so why 
um, why this? Because I wanted to start with let's build a platform because I know there's, some, there's a few really good companies who have um, a neurodiversity program and they're well documented out there and they're really great. Um, they're tapping into that talent. They realize, they recognize. Um, there's some that still have the, well, we have a neurodiversity career platform, sign up here. You've got to have a four-year degree. I'm like, oh, no, not again. You know, take that out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, remove that. Let's, let's see your skill sets. And there's a, there's, a big, there's a big shift in this of like, let's not worry about your college education right now. Let's yeah. worry about your skill set. Um, where are you going to thrive? Where are you going to help us? Where can we help you? Um, and it was never a knock on education because I would have loved to have gone to all the, all the schools and, and had the right thing uh, from an education point of view. Um, you know, I, I didn't manage to do that. Um, but this is for that gap. Uh, this is for the, the gap of where you don't have that education that's needed or the gap where you need to transition a career. And having experienced that, as you know, it's really difficult. Where do you start? How do you, how do you do this? How do you go into a, like you're, you're a senior leader in your, in your industry, yet you want to change into and become, because you think the career path is, is that much. For me, it's like, I, I, it's interesting. And there's a longevity um, in, the, in the technology. You know, I was the old school, you know, I used to bring technology into our businesses, but it was very voice and people first and then bring technology in that I could just see everything's going towards a technology driven basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I built initially just, I want to build the platform. I want to build the portal. We'll start there. And this is part of the listening to so many people because I've got 20 different ideas I want to do with this. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, but I want to, I want to focus on the one and get the one thing right. And this, well, the other things are whether it's, building an HR API that other people can have a career development process in place where you still got an independent like yourself, like me, who are in between the candidate and the company, because we can ask some of the questions they can't ask, um, things like that. So that's where I wanted to start. But like anything, got to be ready and willing to add and make sure you build the right thing. And, 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 and that's where I wanted to begin the journey. What do you think... Um, organizations need to look at when they see this pool, this talent pool that's there. What what do they need? What what are they missing out from not reaching out to this talent pool? Because they're oh, filtering out by degrees, right? Yeah, yeah. I think filtering out degrees is, and again, I'm mirroring what you said, and I and I push the mistakes I've made, um, the things I wish you know what you could tell yourself kind of thing. It's, it's, it's too late. I've done, I've done my thing, but I can tell my son as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And that is, I push hard getting an education, you know, and I hear other people and there's, there's plenty of successful people that say, Oh, I don't really think you need a degree. And I, I, I want my children to get to that point because there's so much opportunity after that. And it's, you know, for me, you missed out on potential opportunity Mm-hmm. by not having when having the right degree whereas you'll never complain that you did do it you know the, you mm-hmm. can make your money you can become successful you can work hard at the job you want to do at any time um so it's it's a really difficult 
it's a really difficult subject. Um, and I really want to make sure that, you know, we push that, we push that idea. So I think from the company point of view, filtering out the degrees in education is just, it's just, and I think it is changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still see it there a lot, but it is beginning to change. Stop focusing on that so much. And I'm playing with the the software now, which I have. And my platform does one of two things. I have it fully automated where it can self-generate and use some 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 algorithm to create the best matches but i still until we build this up don't want to rely on anything to miss that that's what tracking systems and software is mm-hmm. missing at the moment so i want to make sure we don't miss that or gather enough data to make some sort of more machine learning process in place mm-hmm. so we can get better at doing that but for now you know i turned that off i said well you know what let's make it manual Yes, you can connect on, on, the, on the platform, but then we'll sit in between and make sure that we really understand what the candidate wants to do and what's, what they want to get across. At the same time, we want to make sure that company who said they want to be and are going to be inclusive doesn't, again, just what we discussed earlier of like making sure the right job for a coder is the right job in the company. Whether yeah. he's testing, then great. Let him test the software. Yeah. If he's building the front end stuff, let them test the front yeah. end stuff. Um, and I think that's the really important part of of know what you're hiring. Be very open. Don't and the bit we've got to get across. A lot of companies want to do the demonstrations. Um, you know, to be more flexible because sometimes the demonstration won't go so well, or people don't know how to again articulate properly doing that so you need to be a bit more forgiving and it does take a more structured conversation and environment the same as it does for the follow-on the the success criteria of of a candidate being placed in in the -hmm. company needs to have a very good you know feedback loop to make sure everybody's happy that's great you actually remind me of of two scenarios one um it was an interview one and the other one was a education background. So one, one candidate was um, MBA, all sorts of degrees coming out, everything. But this person, you put him in front of a room, could not speak, could not articulate, could not demonstrate. Like you just like communications just go down. But one on one, the guy was a genius. He would like create these, these things that I'm like, whoa, what did you, oh, I automated this process for us. I automated that process for us. So, I mean, I hired him to do one thing and then I changed his role three times over and then he was doing something else by the end, you know? So just being open uh, to that way of just because you hire them to do X, it doesn't mean they can't do all these other things, like look for that potential. Um, the other is, is in an interview style where I remember I was interviewing a designer and the work was just beautiful. So I couldn't wait to sit down with this designer. The minute we sat down to start the interview, he started to sweat profusely and he just, oh my God, like he was like drenching mm. and I couldn't understand what was going on. So we had to stop the interview and, and he was the guy that put me in front of a computer, don't have any people around me. I'll design anything for you, mm. right? And that was his thing. So, you know, hindsight, um, and I'll admit, we didn't hire him because I'm like, oh, he's going to, like, you know, our stakeholders internally are just going to butcher him in meetings. 
because they don't understand, you know, why can't he communicate with us? This is what we need to, him to do. So, I mean, now I look back, I'm like, dang, I, I, you know, I would be the champion for that person to say, no, right. he's not going to come to interview into meetings. Somebody else is going to collect the feedback. We give it to him and he'll do the work. And just being that flexible in knowing they don't have to be the jack of all trades when it comes to that role. Yeah. And I think that's, that's key to it now is finding, first of all, the candidate needs to find what their skill set, what they really want to do. Right. And, and having ADHD is one of those things where you kind of have a ton of different ideas. You bounce around a lot. There's, and that's part of a coaching thing. It, you know, I wish I'd had a coach when I was younger, like go and concentrate on this. Um, and you're always looking for the next thing. You're always looking for the next thing. Enjoy, enjoy the success. If you have some failure, move on to something else, but you need to figure out what that is. Um, and I think that part of the problem is, is making, getting, getting to the bottom of what the candidate wants, first thing. Secondly is putting them in that environment and exactly that. Don't put the person that doesn't like to be in front of people um, in a boardroom environment. And, and, and in a technology area, and you get a whole different cast of characters like you do everywhere. But mm-hmm. with the work from home environment now, which, is, which can be great for people, is that some people thrive on working from home or in a quiet environment, yes. not in an area where it's busy, the lighting's bad with ADHD. You know, uh, I actually don't like bright lights. Yes. Um, you know, don't put someone with ADHD next to the water cooler in the office, much as it's highly amusing um, and talkative. It's terrible for production. Yeah. Um, but just putting people in the right areas and, 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 and checking, that's, that is why being inclusive as a company, you have to, you have to, you have to have the checklist of what you are going to do to make this a good environment. Mm -hmm. And that's an understanding point of view. Um, You know, you do need to change things. If you're having a neurodiversity program, um, it needs to have the criteria of, yes, we're going to be understanding of what this applicant wants. Does he want or he, she, he or she want headphones? Do they want to be at home? Do they want to be in, in the office? You know, everyone's different. But asking those questions is going to be really important. And you put the person who likes to do the presenting in, the pre- in, in those environments. Um, so, yeah, that's very much like getting to understand what the candidate and the, and, uh, the company will match up well to get the most productivity. So with that, um, and just to kind of give this a nice closure to our conversation, your ultimate vision of what Amphrist.com is, what would that success scenario look like? So the... Uh, going back to some of the many reasons, as we've discussed some of them, there should be a platform. Um, companies are becoming much more um, understanding that, oh, there's an incredible talent pool out there, which is vastly, vastly untapped, as we well know. Um, now, the, the, the area that the issue I had is that we know the five to 10 companies that are really doing a tremendous job in having having the neurodiversity hiring program in place mm-hmm. and for me it was like well you know i know those companies uh, very technology driven um but there's probably a ton of other c- 
companies that want to be part of this. And then there's a lot of candidates that unless they know those companies, you know, where do you come? This, this isn't a role you're going to find on the other big, big job boards. It's going yes. to get lost, um, in, in my opinion. Um, so I wanted to create the niche and I see other niche platforms out there and they seem to have done really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why I wanted to create this is that, um, it differentiates, like you go onto this platform, you have a skill set, um, and you are, you are, in, in my opinion, you've got an incredible talent somewhere, which, you know, we'll, we'll find out when we, when we talk to you or when we look at your resume, incredible talent. And that's where I wanted to create this centralized platform. So if you're looking for a job, unless you know where to go for the five or 10 companies, you know, you, you, you don't know, it's, it's, you don't know where to start. So for me, I wanted to aggregate and say, well, you come on this platform. Well, well, you know, you first of all, you got to get over um, the stigma side of it, as we know, is like, it's still there. It took me years, even after adult diagnosis, um, I still didn't want to talk about it. Mm. Um, and it, it became really difficult to, to actually do that. And I said, well, I've got to talk about this. I'm going to, I'm going to launch a platform about it. You know, there's, it's, we need to get over this. And a lot of people don't realize they have it. And you sometimes need someone else to point that out, which is, again, this, the self-analysis can be really hard for people. So the more we get a, a, an awareness factor out there, the better. That's step one is like the awareness. Step two is being able to say, okay, well, I, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take this opportunity and, and show my skill set because I have some. Yeah. And, and that's why the, the platform was created for, for the centralized aspect. And then we'll just grow from there is like where, where, I mean, I've got obviously some ideas where I think it'll, it'll, it'll be best suited. But um, for me, that was it. I want the companies to join, but they have to be dedicated. Can't just tick the box and say, yeah, we want a part of the neurodiversity program. Um, got to have the follow up and they got to be, you know, cause it costs them money. It costs, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's got to be, it's got to be right for them. It's got to be successful. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Thank you so much, Alex. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate what you've done for our community. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Thank you. Another episode with another awesome guest. I will be putting in, in the show notes, a uh, uh, bio of Alex, where to find him. And as always, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn at Kathy Rashidian or on Instagram Uh, at proudlyadhd underscore coach Kathy. Until another episode, keep on shining.